Welcome to the CFC Jacks Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. You don't have your mic on? Oh, that was a quick turnaround. So glad you guys are here for, with us for Q&A this morning. Busted on your phone. Busted on my phone. <laughs> Texting about a slide update. So so funny story with your example of the white uh-huh. couch. Uh-oh. Did you buy one? No. No. I have two kids. <laughs> Why would I buy a white couch? Um, I had a friend growing up. There was a no-no room. Yes. Her parents had traveled all through Europe before they had kids and all of these beautiful antiquities and stuff in this room. And it was a no-no room. So then as an adult, when I would come back over, I still had a problem sitting in the no-no room. I was like, I'm not supposed to be in here. <laughs> so that triggered that memory. And I was like, yes. oh, it's like the no-no room. <laughs> yes. Which is a no-no. Yeah. It's a no-no to have a no-no room. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's such a great example of being in the world. And not of the world. Very practical example. Yeah. And, you know, I joked about it being kids, but we were at a, some friend's house recently and they had just gotten brand new couches and they're like, I oh, know, sit. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not sitting in this. Is it a white couch? It was a brand new, bright white couch. Yikes. And yeah, I was not going to because. <laughs> you don't want to be the first person <laughs> to make a miss on that. I don't want to be the first, second, third, fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I know that uh, just stuff happens, so I, I did not want to sit on it. They they would have, very gracious people. They would have been very gracious if I would have uh, messed it up, but I didn't want to mess it up. Didn't want to be that person, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, well, along with that, I have a question here regarding in the world, but not of the world. So it says, how do we apply that as parents to our kids? We want to yeah. teach them to have good friends, but still be Jesus. Yeah. The, well, in, in all parenting, the first place to look is the mirror hmm. and go, all right, so what are your kids seeing in you? Do your kids see you uh, having a stay away to keep the stain away mentality? Are they seeing you disengage or are they seeing you... Uh, engaged and therefore staying. So it might not be what you're asking, but uh, you know when the scripture says uh, God blessed them and said be fruitful and multiply, one of my favorite verses in scripture is uh, he was not only saying add children to the planet. Hmm. He was communicating that we have as parents the great privilege and heavy responsibility, but great privilege of multiplying ourselves. And we do. We multiply ourselves in a scaringly uh, pretty clear fashion in the sense of you look at what happens, especially at the earliest and earliest of age. Uh, We see how influenced kids are. So there's not guarantees. Don't don't misunderstand. I'm not saying if you do this, then it will always right. uh, result in them doing exactly what you did. But it's often that way. <laughs> it's often they're going to repeat what they see. So uh, ask yourself, 
Do we have relationships with folks who God loves who don't let yet love God? And how are we engaging in those relationships in a manner that is both reflects the love of God and reflects the holiness of God? And um, and then you're watching that with with your kids. It does say, I want to acknowledge the scripture says, bad company corrupts good character. So we have to beware that we are not so engaged that our character is being, if you will, stained by bad, by bad company. Mm-hmm. So I think practically, we look at the life of Jesus and we see uh, he spent significant time with the Father and he was God, <laughs> but he still spent significant time with the Father. Uh, we see that he spent significant time with his disciples, mm-hmm. and then he spent significant time with those who were not yet uh, followers. And, and that was kind of hard for people, religious religious people who had a stay away to keep the stain away mentality. So um, I want to make sure that when we look at the example of Jesus, we look at the full example of Jesus. Uh, set that example by, as a parent, the life that you live, significant time with uh, the Lord and my own quiet time, significant time with the people of God, meaningful relationship with the people of God, and then meaningful strategic relationship as well with those who are not yet followers. Live that out and then seek to help your your kids live that out as well. As you were talking about that, it also made me think about our responses. So when our kids ask questions or they're in a difficult circumstance, whether it's a um, an of the world, in the world kind mm-hmm. of scenario, but our responses and our heart in that, how we speak about those people, how we respond to difficulty, that also sets a standard for them and how they think about things. You know, I, I right. noticed I hear our kids repeat things that their friends have said that I know only came from their parents. Right. And that was one of those moments of, aha, You're right. they're hearing this, they're repeating this. I want them to repeat truth and have right. a heart of compassion, heart of Christ in these responses. Yeah, they're going to repeat stuff that they hear. Mm-hmm. We we had to, I won't say it online, <laughs> uh, but our... A four or five-year-old came in one time repeating what he had heard the neighbor say, and it was foul language. Mm. And it was a Sunday afternoon. There was a guy from the church, and he walked right in the room and said it. And I was like, wow, never heard you say that before. What would you say? And he said it again, which told me he said it uh, proudly, loudly, without hesitation, which told me he didn't know he was saying a bad word. He was simply repeating what he heard. Because I asked him, I said, where did you hear that? I've never heard you say that before. And he said, well, Joey said that when we were shooting basketball. So uh, being engaged, listening, and then instructing. So it became a simple rule in a house. You cannot say words you do not know what they mean. Oh, yeah, we have that rule. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what they mean, you cannot say (laughs) that. And most families end up with that rule because of a situation where they go, oh, yeah, you don't know what that means. You can't say words yeah, that you don't have. Words <laughs> so always, always ask. Mm-hmm. I think there is an in- involvement that you you have to be involved with your kids enough, mm-hmm. again, to go back to that question. 
to know uh, where where they are and how their friends are positively or negatively influencing them. We we were uh, just really grateful that uh, in our specific situation, our kids went to public school and had great friendships here at the church. So uh, they lived out, they were challenged to live out their faith in the context of a public school setting. They had a core group of uh, friends who encouraged them in their faith. And that's the combination mm-hmm. that I think you're, you're looking for, you're hoping for. Hmm. So with the language, speaking speaking of bridling the tongue, question here, while I personally feel convicted not to use profanity, I have a few close friends who are longtime believers that do. They don't think that using curse words is wrong, but rather language they use just around adults. So they ask, is profanity a personal conviction or a sin that needs to be addressed with grace and truth? Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. That has become more and more an area where it seems like people feel freedom and it becomes a matter of personal mm-hmm. conscience versus biblical command. So some of the words you're probably referencing are not specifically stated in Scripture. Anything that uses the Lord's name in vain is a clear command mm-hmm. of Scripture. Other uh, words that our culture understands to be curse words, then I think our culture has helped us understand that's an unwholesome word. And if it is a word you're not going to say around children, then what would make it right to say around adults would be my understanding. So I think that the scripture in Ephesians speaks very specifically about the words that come out of our mouth. Mm. And that's a that's biblical command. So I would I would speak to it from that with grace and truth and um, not from a place of personal conviction. But I'd do it with a lot of grace and grace and truth. It's a grace and truth for sure. Um, so shifting here to um, caring for family, uh, what if your mother and stepfather have divorced, but his own children do not help or support, and he's facing financial and mental health issues? Mm. He's a stepfather, mm-hmm. but a, a, an ex-stepfather. Correct. Number one, and this can seem awkward, they may be especially if they're not believers, if they are believers and not choosing to help, then uh, I would try to expose them to the Scripture. When when we as a church see a widow who is not a widow indeed, in other words, they have family, uh, instead of us stepping in and doing what, as a church, what should be reserved for widows indeed. We will go uh, to children and say, hey, we want you to be aware that we are depending upon this biblical principle being applied in your family situation. So if they are believers or unbelievers, 
the, the truth remains the same of what God intends to happen. It doesn't have the same weight, obviously, in an in a unbeliever's life. But mm-hmm. I, would, I would share with them, I am operating on this biblical principle that we have responsibility for the household. Uh, so, but I don't want to skirt the question. <laughs> if they say, yeah, well, we're not going to do that, and you have financial means, you were um, part of that household. And if the Lord has made you aware, I am thinking, um, mm-hmm. thinking here, Tracy, because uh, I know my I have a, a stepdad who was um, in my life from age like nine till eighteen, and uh, then. He and my mom were divorced, and so uh, I didn't. I haven't had any interaction with him as an adult. We've exchanged a letter or two over the years, just as a point of contact. But I can't honestly say if I even know if he's alive anymore. So he is. He's long been not part of our household. Now, if if I got an email tomorrow saying that. This situation is such that he needed help, and Jackie and I um, had the means to do it. Then I would have a hard time ignoring that relationship. So uh, I don't know that I can say there's a biblical mandate to apply there, but when when I think of Jesus saying that we are to love our neighbor and my neighbor is the person whose need I know and whose need God has enabled me to meet. Mm. Um, I would be inclined to believe that I would have a biblical responsibility to step in and help. Mm. Good question. That's a good question. Um, In continuing... Um, on that thread, what part could nursing homes play in children caring for elderly parents, or should we as children be more personally responsible for aging parents? Well, you know, a nursing home, uh, I, don't, I don't think a nursing home has to be of the devil. Right. Uh, you, you have not uh, abdicated your responsibility uh, through a nursing home. It Necessarily, it could be that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think a nursing home provides some things that sometimes children cannot provide mm-hmm. in terms of medical care and constant supervision that cannot cannot necessarily be provided in the home. I think I think where there is opportunity. Um, and desire, I think that should be always the first, the first step of consideration uh, in terms of being more direct care. 
So Jackie and I certainly looked at when her mom was uh, at a season in life where um, we invited her to say, let's try this. Would we have her come and stay with us for a month? And it, we can laugh about it now. There was some hilarious moments in the sense that she forgot her hearing aids. Oh, and uh, oh. they got... They were supposed to be sent to us, but they got lost in the mail. And so she had a routine of where she watched her TV from like four in the afternoon till 10 at night. But she had to watch it at such a volume that you could hear it anywhere in the house. It it, it became the joke that I would go listen to my son play the drums to get a break from the volume of the TV. That's how loud it was. Um and finally, we said, look, uh, we, know, we know you're used to living by yourself, and so you have this freedom, but we got kids who need to do homework. And so we had to make some adjustments mm-hmm. there. Well, uh, after two weeks, her mom decided that living with us wasn't the greatest thing mm-hmm. ever. And, and so she got a ride back to South Carolina <laughs> with our niece and... Uh, uh, and so we were willing. Mm-hmm. It was going to be pretty significant. We ask again later, but there really there wasn't desire mm. there. She she wanted to go to a a home, and so uh, we were able to. There are six children. Jackie's the fifth of sixth, six children, and so between the six families, there was capacity to help her in some ways that she needed to be helped and uh, but it wouldn't it wasn't going to be a an ability to do it a long term so we had some hard decisions ahead and then when she was 91 the lord took her took her home before some of those even harder decisions would have come into play so i don't think that nursing home is necessarily um a cop out, it can be a good thing, a necessary thing, but I don't think it's where you want to initially go. If there's desire to be with family and there's capacity to make that happen. Hmm. There's no doubt that there would be sacrifice to make that happen, though. Sure. Absolutely. Um, And something, speaking with a friend recently about to be able to have these conversations ahead of time with your parents can be really helpful. Um, To understand, to honor them, you mm-hmm. know, as we learned back in Ephesians, to honor your parents as right. they age. Yeah, uh, talking to a gentleman Thursday night, he he said so many elderly parents say they don't want to be a burden mm. to their children. Well, when we had children, our kids were not a burden to us. They took work and sacrifice. Sure. It was time-consuming and expensive, Yes, but uh, that didn't make them a burden. And right. so I don't want elderly parents to think that they are a burden uh, when the roles get reversed. Absolutely. They're a gift and a blessing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate all of your questions this morning and hope you have a great afternoon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.